September 7th, 2023, we're in Masechet Besa Andaf Mem Amud Aleph. Let's start again in the first wide line of the Gemara, the third word on the line. The Gemara says, Tashema, which literally means come and listen. It's a proof from the Mishnah against the opinion of Rav. There was a mahlokah dispute between Rav and Shemuel about the halakha with regards to Hamafkid Perot Esel Haverov, a person gives over some of their possession, fruits in this situation, for Yom Tov to their friend. Now, effectively, the person who gave it over is the rightful owner, but with regards to Tehum Shabbat, Tehum on Yom Tov, what's the status of ownership with regards to those fruits? Is the recipient the rightful owner with regards to the amount of space in whatever direction those fruits can move? Or alternatively, is the giver the rightful owner? As we'd imagine, legally speaking, he's the rightful owner. Rav's opinion was the novel opinion. He, he maintained that the receiver, the person, he's the status of Ba'alim with regards to Tehum. And in turn, the decision, the determination of where it can be carried is determined by the person who received them, yes, Nathan. Right. It complicates matters. Now, according to Rav, not so. According to Shemuel. According to Shemuel, it ends up, it's a silly hafgada. I was mafkidit with, not silly, but it's somewhat pointless, that I gave the person the fruits, I want him to safeguard them, he can only go in a specific direction, he can't take the fruits with him. Uh, I hear you. I was, maybe, maybe he's got other family members, and maybe it was a mistake on your behalf to give it to him like that. Uh, indeed, in a practical sense, you're right. Shimuel is a lot more difficult to maintain why a person would want to do so if that's the halakha. But anyway, it says the Gemara Tashima will bring a proof from our Mishnah uh, against Rav, or ostensibly against Rav. Mishazimen eslo orchim, if a person invited guests on Yom Tov, on Shabbat to his home, lo yolichu biyadam manot. They cannot and should not take food uh, with them from the meal. Ela imken, again, provided that they're from outside of the tehum. Even though the fruits might be determined, but well, well, no, even though. They can't take the fruits from your home outside of the tehum to their home. Ela imken zikalahem manotehem yom tob. The only way in which they would be able to move those fruits with them to what for you is outside of the tehum is if you were mezakeh to them before Yom Tov. So again, I have a particular tehum Shabbat and Yom Tov. It doesn't extend to where you live. However, I want to give you fruits so that you could bring them back to your home. Now, you set up an Eruv Tehumin based on where you're living so that you could travel to me. In turn, any of your possessions, you'd be able to bring back with you to your home, right? Now, the circumstance over here is such that since they're my possession, my fruits, I can't give them to you to bring to your home because for me, which is the status of these fruits, I can't go all the way to your home. What about, is there any way of fixing this? So the Mishnah said you can fix it. Before Yom Tov, even if the guests are not present, find another person and be mezakeh al yedeacher. Make it certain, make it a situation where they own those fruits entering into Yom Tov. No problem in such a situation, we imagined. Now that it's theirs, they can move those fruits in whatever direction they want. Is that a particular food? Have a, a bowl of food, a one? You have to choose particular ones. I cannot even use whatever it is. It is for them, I put on the side, I cannot even 
I suppose you could do it all of them and then they're sharing with you on Shabbat and Yom Tov. What's that? You're stuck if you want to move it, but you're not interested in moving. The guests are interested in moving. Let's say you want to go another way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it'd have to be the specific ones. That's what, that's what it's got to be. If you, want to, if you want to keep it, that you could move your fruits in another direction. No question. But again, but part, so the specific issue over here is the fact that you didn't really solve anything, suggests the Gemara, according to Rav, by acquiring it to them before Yom Tov. Because even though it's now theirs, legally speaking, but it's in my possession. That was the whole point. The point is I'm inviting you to my house. You're eating over in my house. I'm serving this for dessert. I'm not serving it at all. I'm sending you home with it. It means it was a picadon. Even though you own it now because of that zechut before Yom Tov, ultimately speaking, it's in my possession. According to Rav, the possessor, the person who it's on their property, it's in their hands, they're the one who determine the laws with regards to tehum. The physical, uh, not ownership, but possession guy. Uh, so in turn, says the Gemara, amarta. and if you were to tell me, Rav, as you did, what you accomplished by being mezakeh, by legally giving it to them before Yom Tov, ultimately speaking, it's in your physical possession, as A.B. said, you're the recipient, you're the mishif kidu etzlo, and as a result, it should be determined by you, you haven't solved anything. Answers the Gemara, one of two answers, Earlier in the Gemara, when we asked the last question on Rav, we suggested the following, and the Gemara suggested again by means of this zechut. We suggested that if I didn't just um, make it, uh, put it in your possession, but you rent it out, or you gave me exclusive rights to the place where the fruits are, that's an altogether different situation. Again, the situation we've been dealing with until now is uh, you handed me the fruits, and I put it in my living room, I put it in my warehouse, and as a result, the status, says Rav, is based on me. It's in my physical possession. Alternatively, it's in my warehouse, in my living room, but it's in your space. I give you exclusive rights, not only to the fruit, which are yours, but to the space as well. In such a circumstance, that's not a regular picadon. In such a situation, those fruits are determined based on you. Over here suggests the Gemara. Over here suggests the Gemara for Rav. Since you were mezakeh, since you acquired it for the guest before Yom Tov, by so doing, you weren't only Charlie those fruits, but it's those fruits and the drawer that those fruits are in. The whole space connected to those fruits because of that zechut was acquired to them. And in turn, this is an outlying case. It's not the case we were talking about. We were talking about a standard case of where you were mafkit perot Since it's zika it's effectively considered like giving him the space as well. The Keren Zavit says the Gemara again, so too over here we can suggest, since you acquired for them these fruits by means of another, it's considered like that corner, the space where the fruits are resting, is theirs. is a compound word. If you want to say, you can say. In other words, if you want to say, in other words, it's a second answer. Even if we don't argue that by acquiring it for my guest before Yom Tov, I'm acquiring the draw space, the shelf space for them as well. You don't need to argue that far. The fact that 
I demonstrated before the holiday that this isn't just in my possession. I put on a whole ceremony. I invited my neighbor home over. I said to my neighbor, acquire this for the person who's coming to me. That gives them the sole sole ownership rights over this for the matter of Tehum Shabbat and Yom Tov. And as a result, and in turn, it's entirely theirs and they can move it based on their Tehum Halachot. You wouldn't need Keren Zavid according to the second answer. It's a demonstration in and of itself, the Zechut. You don't need to go so far that it has exclusive rights to the place where it is. The fact that you put on this scene, the fact that you did the Zechut, that in and of itself is significant. The Gemara concludes this with a small story and then doesn't lead, it's never, never a short and easy story. It's a story which, which brings forth a halachic debate and conversation. Rav Hanabar Hanilai. The Gemara tells a story very, very, very briefly about this rabbi, Rav Hanabar Hanilai, who was outside of his town on Yom Tov, but planned on, based on his Eruv, going back to his home on Yom Tov. So he's visiting and he's sleeping over the night, maybe, at someone else outside of town in Queens, but he's going to walk on Shabbat on Yom Tov to his home. Yom Tov, it's probably, yeah, it's got to be Yom Tov because we're dealing with meat. Anyway, so uh, what did he do when he was at the guest's home in Queens? Talabisra be'ibrad dasha. He hung meat. Uh, from a bar of some sort that was at the threshold at the opening, the door to the place. Why would he do so? Maybe he's drying it out, maybe he's uh, whatever. Uh, and, and I, I leave it to the cooks to tell me why they leave the meat hanging up there. Salami meat, maybe it's better, it's air dried. That's right. Okay, so he does so. Uh, but effectively, he's holding on to the meat in the, listen to it again, in the home of someone else. He's the guest in the home of someone else, and it is his meat. And he has an Eruv Tehumin set up so that he can walk home. It's really our case to a large extent. It's his item in the possession of another with an Eruv that he has. According to Rav, we'd imagine he's in trouble. He shouldn't be able to. It's not his possession. It's it's the host's house. According to Shemuel, we'd say, okay, he's the rightful owner. He's the giver. Hang tight. Agreed. Yes. It's not my home. I'm staying in my friend's home in Queens. My cousin's home in Queens. That's not me. Same thing. Same thing. The fruits. Hundred percent. But if I hand you the fruits, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me. And nonetheless, according to Rav, the fact that you're holding on to them gives you the status of ownership for the home, right? So maybe it should be the same over here. The fact that it's the home of another. Is like a picadon in the hands of another. That's the, so it says the Gemara, Atalekameh de Rav Huna, Rav Hanaba Hanilae, goes in front of Rav Huna, who's a strict, strict adherent and student of Rav, to ask him, what's the halakha? Can I bring this meat back to home? Amar the response of Rav Huna to him, it goes as follows, I'at talit, if you're the one who hung the meat, Zil Shakil, go and take it and bring it home with you. Vi inhu talu lach. If alternatively they hung it for you, Rashi says the butchers, the butchers hung it on the bar for you. Lotishkol, you can't take it back. He didn't explain his reasoning. The Gemara doesn't yet explain the difference between those two, but that was the distinction. If you're the one who hung the meat, 
It's your mean you can take it home. If the other one, even though you acquired it, but another person hung it for you in the possession of another, lotishkol, you can't grab it and bring it home. Not fully clear as to why we're dividing this, but the Gemara says, let's, let's deal with each, with each Pesach individually. If he himself is the one who hung it, Mishakil, does he really get to carry it? Why should he be able to carry it? Before Jeffrey's question, if we're in the strict world of Rav, Rav's opinion is, if it's a picadon in the hand of another, the status is determined based on the hands of the other. If it's in the home of my cousin, of my friend who lives in Queens, even though I'm there, the assumption is, this is considered a picadon. If it's considered a picadon, I shouldn't be able to carry it. It should be determined by... What's that? Who said? I mean, it's his space in the home and he hung it up. We know that the owner didn't accept uh, that he do that. It's the owner's space. I'm just staying in the house. I brought my suitcase to the house as well. It didn't become the owner's, but it is. We're imagining, at least right now, a picadon in the hands of the other, of the owner. That's the assumption. In turn, says the Gemara, the i'ihutala, even if I hung it, mishakil, am I able to take it? By extension, we should say the same and would say the same by a suitcase or anything that I brought in. I shouldn't be able to take it out is our assumption, is our thought right now on Yom Tov. Uh, because even though I have the Eruv, it's in the possession of another. Okay, I'm sorry. If you, if you go with this assumption for a second, mm-hmm. rewind two weeks. How would you possibly set up things besides living in the street? Oh, how would you, oh, that's your question? Your question is, how would you set up the Eruv? The yeah. Where are you doing it? Outside of your area? But this is not the Eruv, per se. What you're saying, but no, when I... Well, why does it matter, per se, where I set up the meal of the Eruv? But this is not the Eruv, again. When you're talking about the two meals, is the Eruv. I set that up wherever. It shouldn't matter, per se, because that, I'm not carrying those meals. Those meals are establishing that I'm, that I'm dwelling there. Over here, we're not establishing a dwelling place. It's not an Eruv. Over here, I have my stuff in someone's home. But the purpose is to bring it back. Not because of Eruv. I, I have the meat here because I ate dinner over there, and I want to take it back now home with me. That doesn't... But I, I can't get from Queens to Brooklyn without an Eruv. So the only way for me to bring that meat was through the Eruv, which I set up before Yom Tov, which I set up in a different home in Queens. When did the meat get home? Or on the border, not in a different home in Queens, on the border of in between Brooklyn and Queens. It's not in the same home. In the street? Or in a home. But what's the difference? True, but that's not the home this meat is in right now. This meat is in the guest home. The, the, what I'm saying is this meat wasn't establishing my dwelling. I didn't set it up as an Eruv. I have a different Eruv somewhere else. This is further out. The Eruv was 2,000 Amah outside of Brooklyn. And now I'm an extra 2,000 Amah at this home. And I have meat in this home and I want to carry it to my Eruv and then to my real home in Brooklyn. So anyway, so that's the question. So says the Gemara, uh, the, the, ask the Gemara, is it really so? If he was the one who hung the meat, is he really able to take the meat back home with him? 
isn't Rav Huna a student of Rav? And Rav's statement is that we go based on the recipient, based on the physical possession of this item wherever it is. Which means to say, if this item is in the home of my friend in Queens, we go based on the Eruv status of my friend in Queens. In turn, says the Gemara, why is, why is the Pesach Halacha to this Rav Hana from Rav Huna, why was he allowed to carry it at all? It should be stuck and determined based on the possession of that homeowner in Queens. Says the Gemara, Shane Ibra de Dashak de Kemishi Yehid Lokerin Zavid Dame suggests the Gemara, maybe this is what you're getting at, to Jeffrey, I don't know, but effectively says the Gemara, the fact that I'm staying in that home, maybe this is what Nathan meant even, and there's this bar, or there's this room that they're giving me to put my uh, luggage down in, and there's this bar which they're assuming and allowing me to put my meat on, they're really, they're giving me that space as well. They're not just letting me put my meat in their place, they're giving me the bar and the place, and as a result, it's entirely mine. It's mine not only in terms of the meat belonging to me, but the space where the meat is as well, suggests the Gemara, is mine as well. As this much being the case, says the Gemara, we now understand the initial Pesach Kalacha, that if I handed over the meat, um, if I took the meat and I hung it in the home of my guest, it nonetheless stays mine with regards to Tehumin, with regards to my Eruv and any associated Halachot. The second halacha, halacha we think is too stringent though. The second halacha went as follows, said Rav Huna to Rav Hana. He said, if the butcher came and hung that meat on the bar in your, in your guest's home, then you can't move it. Why not? Why does the butcher hanging it change anything? I owned it. I bought it before Yom Tov. It was entirely mine. And you instructed the butcher to do it. And I instructed the butcher to do it. So it's only considered yours when you know that there's a part. Or better yet, the fact that you put it on that bar and in Nathan's word and the owner didn't object proves that that space is yours. Do you understand? It doesn't per se, the Gemara is suggesting, need to specify this corner is yours, that bar is yours. The fact that I was able to put my meat on the bar at the door, that was proving that this is my space. In the case of the dog, back to that whole situation, that's a different story because they wouldn't want to let you go all the time. Correct. They didn't actually give me a space unless they did. Unless they said, this is where he runs around. Says the Gemara, I have three questions, all based on Gemarot that we learned in the last month or so, or less, uh, in which, uh, in, from which we can't understand this Pesach Halacha, we cannot understand the stringency at all. Whether you put the meat on the, on the bar or the butchers, it should always go based on your movability. Number one, Amar le Rav Hillel le Rav Asher, v'i'inhu talu, and if they hung it, meaning the butchers, la shakil, he can't carry it back to his home, v'ha Amar Shemuel, shor shel patam, harehu keragle kol adam. You might recall this case, we learned it earlier in the Perik. If there's a shor shel patam, patam is a person who owns animals and fattens them, and the status of those animals which he patents is, or the, the mindset is, I'm going to sell these to people on Yom Tov. 
what is the status when a person acquires the meat on Yom Tov and they can move it outside of the Tehum, but the owner of that, and the initial owner of that meat can't move it out of the Tehum. The halakha is anyone who bought that meat, it's in their possession and in turn, they could carry it wherever they want. Wait a second, why is that the halakha? The answer is the reason that's the halakha is because that's the mindset of the fattener of the meat. He always says, I'm fattening this meat in order to sell it. I'm never holding on to this on my own. In turn, asks Rav Hilel to Rav Asher, it should be the same thing over here. I brought the meat into my guest's home, into my host's home. The meat was never handed over to him. It was understood. I purchased this meat, rightfully mine, asked asked and maybe even paid the butchers to hang it on the bar in my home. They were never putting it in the possession of someone else. It was fully understood. This was mine all along. Why should our case be any different? Question number one. Question number two. Another, the next halakha we had there three dapim ago. The halakha was with regards to a shepherd in the city. If a shepherd takes the animals of anyone, if I come to be your dog walker, strangely, uh, on uh, Yom Tov. So I grab your dog, how far can I go with the dog? I can go based on my tehum limits and extensions, not based on yours. Why so? Because I'm the exclusive dog walker, I'm the exclusive shepherd, and as a result, every person says with regards to their sheep and oxen or whatever they're sending out to graze, that it's gonna go based on him. Wait a second, it was yours, but your mindset entirely and fully was that you're going to hand it over to me. I'm the exclusive rights guy. I'm the only one who walks the dogs and walks the animals and herds and shepherds them. As a result, it's determined based on me. Why should we distinguish between that case and our case? The meat, which is entirely mine, and I'm putting it on the bar with the understanding that I'm holding on to this. Shouldn't be any different whether I hung it or they hung it. Even according to Rav, I should have the ability to move it wherever I want. Lastly, Amar le Rav le Rav Kahana inhu talu le lashakil vehatenan habehema vehakelim keragle habealim. Didn't we learn in the Mishnah some dapim ago that the halacha is that if you're a shoel, the halacha is if you're a person who's borrowing something from another and you borrowed it before Yom Tov, what's, or even if you borrowed it on Yom Tov, but you made an understanding before Yom Tov with Berera, the understanding is I'm borrowing this item from you. Who has the rightful, uh, who, who has this rightful status of owner in such a situation? The shoel, the person who's holding on to it. We retroactively say that it was mine in my partial possession before Yom Tov. Why should our case be any different? The meat is fully mine before Yom Tov. The meat is entirely in my possession. So I asked the uh, butcher to hang it in the bar in your home where I'm staying. That should mess anything up. It's not a case of where I left my fruit out of sight, out of mind, and I left you. The meat is mine. I'm, I'm, I'm in full possession. I put it on the bar in your home where I'm staying. The halakha, we cannot accept and will not understand. Three questions from Gemarot we learned earlier, basically stating that this flies in the face of everything we knew, that it's dependent upon the possession space. Ela shane rabhana bar hanilae degavra rabahu vitarid bishma'ate. Says the Gemara, rather the case of Rav Hanabar Hanila'e is altogether different. The issue was a different issue. With regards to Tehum, there was never a problem. The hanging of the meat with regards to Tehum posed no issue, whether he did it himself or others did it. We had a different issue. 
When Rafuna responded that if the other people, the butchers hung the meat, they had a different reason that they were nervous. It begins with the following. Rab Hanabar Hanila'e was a gavra rabba. He was a great man. And he was tarid bishma'ate. He was constantly thinking about his Torah. He was absent-minded to reality a little bit. So engrossed in his thoughts of Torah. Ve'hacheka amarle. And in turn, this is what Rav Huna was saying to him. I'at talit itlach simana begaveh. There is a halakha of Rav recorded in Masechet Chulin as Rashi cites it. It's called Basar Shenit Alem in Ha'ayim. We're going to return to this halakha in the Gemara tomorrow, but let me introduce you to the halakha. The halakha goes like this. Rabbinically speaking, if I have even kosher meat, but if I leave it unattended to, and I don't have a sign or a marker on it that I can determine this is my meat, and I leave it unattended to, it's asur to eat from, because we fear that a non-Jew or someone switched it for cheaper non-kosher meat and took your meat in some way or fashion, or they just took your meat and they switched it. It's called basar shanit alem in ha'ayin. That's the issue that we're going to address here in our Gemara. Now again, if you have a specific marker, you know how it's made, you, you, you recognize the packaging, then there's no issue. But the Gemara is going to suggest what Rav Huna was specifically disturbed by in this case of Rav Hanila is, if you yourself hung the meat from the bar, you're paying attention to it, you know where you hung it, you know what it looks like, it's no problem of basar shenit alim in ha'ayim. If alternatively someone else did it, uh, since you're so absent-minded, we don't think you actually paid attention to what it looked like, how it was hung, etc., you might have a problem of basar shenit alim in ha'ayim. Okay, we'll return to this and conclude that tomorrow. Amen, amen.